believe the unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. Your humility is to take God's word as it is. Tongues and prophecy go hand This is Young Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. I Pastor Odudu Essien. God bless you. And write everything down. Okay, hello everybody. So, hope your week has been eventful. Um, We're going to be continuing our um, series on honor. Okay, we're going to be continuing our series on honor. Okay, and um, we, we've said a lot about honor and we looked at, uh, last week we were looking at how to... Um, honor your pastor and we began with perception right we said that the way you perceive your pastor matters a whole lot so i'll just repeat a little of that and then we move on but the perception you have of your pastor is the first thing that you have to do because you see it's not even about the oh okay they say give fine give your pastor something give me a gift or so and you do that the heart by which you do something is extremely important as well you see that um even Jesus, God would say through the Lord Jesus, and he say, they honor me with their lips, but their what? Their hearts are far from me, right? And so you get the sense there that it's very possible for you to say the right words, literally do the right things, but your heart, where it's coming from, is just not right. Your motives are not right. Your intentions are not right. You know, everything else is, is just wrong, but you are doing the right things. Are you seeing that? And, and that's one thing that as you grow as a pastor, you have to learn to discern. And you discern that by, by the spirit. You learn when people people can be fake, <laughs> learn like that. And you can be doing things correctly, right? You can be coming on time, like properly. You can be cleaning the chairs. You can be in the department. You can be active. And you can be doing all these things for the wrong reasons. Um. I've literally um, experienced that with some some people, um, certain person I remember years ago, doing all the right things. Very, in fact, you would, if you looked just with your normal eyes, you'd say, ah, this person is very, extremely committed. But in fact, I have come across that not just once, in fact, several times, where the problem is that this person had a, would I say, a slave's mentality or a servant's mentality and not the mentality of a son. Are you seeing that? You see, we are sons that serve, right? We are sons that serve. We are we are God's family. You know who are servants of God? That servant of God is also God's child. Do you understand? And so in as much as there is a sense where you are like a born servant, like Paul will say, a born servant of Christ, where you are now like, you call a slave to Christ. You are bound. You know, he said, I, I go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing what awaits me. But I know prison and chains, you know, and, and the Holy Ghost bearing witness in every city. And you're like, why is he saying I go bound, right? Why am I going bound? That's the book of Acts, by the way. Why am I going bound? By He said, I'm bound by the Spirit, meaning that I'm compelled, right? I know by the Spirit. Like, this is, this is, everything knows that this is the direction the Spirit of God is going. Do you understand? So, the idea of being a slave or being a servant is that I am willingly surrendering my own will to him and I'm allowing him to do what he wants to do and go how he wants to go. Do you get? It doesn't mean I don't have a will, but it means that I am giving that will over to him. 
But the person who is giving the will over to him is still a son that is seven. Is still a son that is what seven. It is is a family member. Are you seeing that? You see, there we have to realize that when it comes to God, there is He is our God, but He is our Father. Are you seeing that? When we say He is our God, we are talking about the fact that He is our Creator. He made us, and therefore there is this worship we are supposed to give Him. There's this our lives are supposed to be a reflection of the purpose for which He made us. So there's a sense in which that He is our God right he is our god he's our king all right we serve our king but there is a sense in which that king decided to make his residence in us that king decided to bring us into his family are you seeing that so we serve our god our king we serve our family that's why you see again the bible now calls us co-laborers co-laborers in his vineyard because it's not just that we serve but we have been brought into we are serving alongside him. Are you seeing that in his mission? We're not just serving him. We are serving alongside him. Jesus said, from now on, I call you friends. He said, because I'm not servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. He just obeys. But friends have a privilege of co-laboring. Are you seeing that? So there's this thing about, about believers whereby you have to realize that it is not just important to do the motions and do what you're supposed to do. Because the word says that because your pastor expects it from you. There's a place of truly understanding what this is about and realizing that, yes, I'm a born servant of Christ, but I'm I'm doing this because I love him. Bible says we love him because he what first loved us. So our hearts, our motives must be right. The reason for by which we do things must be right. Our why are you doing what you're doing? That's important. Why are you serving? Are you seeing that? Wow. The why is so important to God. Not just what you do. Not just what you do. The why. If not, you will just be running like you said. I've literally found some people doing who who's eventually said they were just, you, you would think they knew all these things and you probably thought it, but they didn't understand. So they were just doing, some people, it's more performative where you want a pat on the back. And let me say this, there is a room, there's room in Christ for healing. Because some people also, you may find them doing things for Christ from a, from heart, like, and when I say from heart or from wounds, not that, not about anyone hurting them, but maybe past experiences and maybe things like um, negative experiences that left a hole in their hearts, maybe from family or whatever, from school that made them feel left out or made them feel not among or made them feel like um, something is missing and they try to find that maybe in God's family. They try to, the, the problem that is that there's a wound, there's a hurt, there's a pain that needs to be to be healed first of all, right? Before you can have healthy a healthy relationship with God and his people. There are realizations you have to come to if you're coming from a place of hurt so that you don't use the church and God's people as a coping mechanism, as a crutch to get by. So rather than you being used by God, you are using God, God and his people to get a kind of high, right? For example, there's this thing we call a martyr spirit. If you've ever uh, been there when we dealt with them um, or did a teach on dealing with rejection, you know what they call a martyr spirit. A martyr spirit is someone who can literally go above and beyond for you. This person can, 
this person can do anything for you. This person, you're like, ah, this such a good friend. This person is so sacrificial. They can drop their last cash for you. They can be there for you. They will stay there and pray with you. They are, they are doing all those things. And all the things they are doing are very good. But the problem is that you do not know that they are doing these things because they want validation, because they want to feel good about themselves. Did they hate themselves and and you know they hate themselves and they feel uh what they call it they hate themselves and they don't feel complete in themselves so they try to find use other people's affirmations and validations so they can cope are you seeing that so there's a massive problem with that because such a person is still an orphan you are not operating from where you can operate in the sense that you feel the bible says you are being accepted in the beloved so you're not you're not in that place whereby you're operating from acceptance. Are you seeing that you are operating to be accepted? You're not operating from acceptance. There's a big difference. You're operating to be accepted. It becomes performance. Are you seeing that you're not doing things so that God can? That's why you're doing things. I'm doing this so that God can. I'm I'm praying so that God can. I'm fasting so that God can. Like. In other words, all your actions are so that God can approve of you. You are not doing things from approval. If you remember the story of the rich man, the, the, the rich man and the two, the prodigal son, right? There were two sons, right? And then the seemingly bad son who takes off the property and zaps has a brother who is supposedly the good son who doesn't zap. But the good son who doesn't zap most likely did not zap because he also had a a wrong mindset. He said all these years, he says the brother is back. He refused to go inside. He said all these years that you did not even give me one small goat to have a party with my friends. And the father is like, what are you saying? Everything I have is yours. Literally, like you could have always just reached out and taken from this from what you had, right? Everything is yours. But because of how his mind is so twisted, he can't even appreciate the fact that his, his, his brother, because again, he doesn't understand how his brother's, his brother who is not performing, his brother who has messed up, right? Who's, who squandered all the wealth on prostitutes and all that stuff is just accepted like that. Because for him, he's coming from a paradigm of performance where I have to merit God's favor. I have to merit God's blessing. I have to deserve it before it comes to me. And there are people like that. Uh, you have to, you have to deserve it. You have to work for it. You have to earn it. Maybe I have to pray long enough to earn it, right? Maybe if I come to church long enough, you know, maybe if I if I join enough meetings long enough, right? but I don't miss meetings. If I read my Bible long enough, you see that if I give enough, are you seeing that? They are doing the same things that we, we preach and teach to do, but they are doing it from a wrong heart, from a wrong mindset, from a wrong percept, you know, perspective. They are doing it from a performance, what we call a works mindset. Meanwhile, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. not of works that any should boast. In other words, our salvation and everything that comes with it is a free gift. 
God offers you the gift of his spirit, the gift of, of his love, the gift of family on a free platter. And he's saying, now you serve me from this place of acceptance. You serve me from this place of security. Some people are serving God so they will not go to hell. But he's saying, no, 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 no. Your salvation has become eternal. Now, from this place of eternal salvation, he says, now serve me from here. Serve from here. Serve me from this place whereby your, your salvation is not running away, it's secure. Serve me from here. We love him because what? He first loved us. So all your activities and all your, um, all the works you will now do, because you will still do works, will not be to merit something. It will be as a result of what has been given to you. And it's the same thing in the church, and the same thing with your pastor, the same thing with anything God asks us to do. You shouldn't be serving a pastor or honoring a pastor because you want to merit something, because you want to compete, for example, because you want a pat on the back. You, you, want, uh, you want him to say, good boy, you know what I'm saying? While it's good, I mean, it's not nothing wrong to to see the, I mean, to receive appreciation for the things you do, and we try our best to do that. And as pastors, it's not wrong to appreciate people for when they, you know, they do well and all that. But then you also find out that if all the only time, for example, you appreciate people is when they do well, then you you again fall into the whole performance thing because again, the thing is that we have God has given us a supernatural family. And the same way God doesn't look at, you know, God will believe in you till you die. <laughs> till you die. God will believe in you. It's the, the only case where God will probably take his hand off is, is a case whereby you resist him to a point of clearly with your actions and intentions and your heart completely aligned to saying, I do not want you at all. I completely reject you. Live my life. That's when he will live your life because he has given you the free will. But for the most part, that you won't find anyone that believes in you like God. You won't find anyone that believes in what is possible, what 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 <laughs> can happen through you like God. God will believe in you to the very end. And so, as even as um, as pastor to your people, because you know I, I talk like this because everybody will pastor. You 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 tend you, you should have that perception that um, that grace should be given to people. Are you seeing that? Grace should be given. And you know, even when you have children, for example, you also don't want to um, treat them in a place, use this performance thing on them as well. As long as they are good, as long as they merit it, that's when you also, like, are good to them. As long as they, they, um, they do well in school, that's when you do good things for them. But if they, they, they do badly and they are just all horrible, that's when you... You, you backfire, you become something else. No, that's not the love of God. Are you seeing that? That's something that must be present because that relationship is, ex is the foundation. Let me say this. Our relationship with God is the foundation for whatever we do for him. Our relationship is the foundation of whatever we do for him. And so if that relationship is off, if, if it's not strong, if it's not right, if your perspective of God is wrong, if you are too, um, if you are too afraid of, of God, you are too 
stiff, too rigid, too formal. You know what I'm saying? It affects everything. We reverence God, but he's our daddy. He's the kind of daddy, you know? Like, for example, you have that kind of song, my, uh, my daddy, my daddy, right? Your baby is singing. That's who you are. That's who your father is, right? He's your daddy, your daddy. Are you seeing that? So you can be free with him like that. Do you get? But at the same time, you see, Jesus will say what I, what did he say? He said, I, I came to do the will of him who sent me, right? I must walk the walk of him who sent me. So there's this sense of responsibility that comes with being a son of God. There's this sense of, of, of duty. Are you seeing that? That comes with that relationship that, you know, that this is family business. This is my father's business. Do you get, it changes rather than when I just say the whole servant and no. This is family business. This is my father's business. What does he say? He says, you know, he, he talks a lot about his father's house. Christ will talk about his father's house. So, you really go to church. Church is not just, oh, we come here to serve God. Church becomes your father's house. Right? You become your father's house. You start to see that way. Oh, my. And, and let me say this. This frees you up a lot. It frees you up. I think maybe I should actually, because it's not my topic, but... We'll come about it i think it's a good precedent to go but um if we go to that text uh let me see actually romans um gift of god post let me see yeah if we go to let me just search it up of ourselves okay sorry it's actually Ephesians Ephesians 2 8 Ephesians 2 8 right Ephesians 2 8 it says what for by grace are you saved all right by grace, that word grace is the word charis, okay? Or the graciousness of God, something that is like a gift. Do you see that? It's something that is a gift. It's not something you deserve. Are you seeing that? It's not something you deserve. It's not something that you worked for. It's not something that you merit. By grace, right? Are you saved? Right? Other words that have been, it's used for, it's been used in Second Corinthians, um, I think either 1 verse 5 or 8 verse 4 is used as a gift. So it's the same word for even being liberal. Something that is given freely. Something that is a gift. Are you seeing that? Something that is given without your own input. Something that is, it just, it, it benefits you without your own like sacrifice or input. That's what grace means. That's the word charis. Are you seeing that? It's the word charis. So it tells you, God is saying here, all right, that this is something that is freely given for by grace, right? By grace, by, by it, by the, by it's a, it's freely given. By grace, are you what saved? So you're not saved because of your performance. You're not saved because of how good you are. You're not saved because you did something, right? You did something so outstanding. They had to say, "Oh my goodness, save that guy." They didn't. They did nothing. You know, in fact, salvation is such that you cannot, you know, give your life to Christ. You actually cannot. Giving your life to Christ is like 
It's inside salvation. Are you seeing that? But it is not the, it's like embedded, it's like onion, onions or a box within a box, right? That in salvation, you receive the life of God. Are you seeing that? You receive the life of God and the natural response is that what that actually means is that you are supposed to have given your life to God, but you actually receive the life of God. You don't, you don't give anything. Are you seeing that? Yes. Bible says that we're yet in our, we're dead while we're dead in our trespasses, right? Christ died. So we, we offer nothing. We bring nothing to the table. So, so the point is, if you, if, if it is not by your performance or your merits that God is, you know, shining his face on you and loving you why do you now think it is by merit and performance that you will keep whatever you are receiving from god if you didn't get it by performance you didn't get it by how good you were you didn't get it by you know because it tells you it says less it says it is the gift of god through faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of god it's a gift it's free there's nothing to boast about not of works lest any man should boast since for we are his workmanship he did the work are you seeing that we just received we are his workmanship he did the work we are the product of salvation are you seeing you're not a product you're not is the word poemia it's it <laughs> you were in other words you are his creation you are his workmanship. In other words, he did the work. He created. You are the new creation. Are you seeing that? You are not the, you didn't contribute. You were, your own is just to receive. That's what you bring in salvation. So to now turn around and begin to use that to boast is funny. Or to now think that, okay, I have the salvation, um, but, oh, God's favor. You know, some people, some, there are some people that feel like God won't do anything for them till they give. They feel they have to do something for God to do something. They have to, uh, there's one, one word we will use, we have to provoke God. <laughs> and I ask, is God not your father? What does Matthew 6 say? It tells you clearly, right? It says the Gentiles seek after these things. It says your father, your father knows you need these things. Your father. And let me say this, God is a far better father than you, the one, the one that you had on this earth. God is a far better father than you will ever be. Or mother. He is far better. He's far better. What does what does James James uh James 1 verse 5 say? If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and what does not find fault. He gives to all men liberally, freely. There's nothing you added to the equation. Freely. He doesn't say, um, yeah, I'll give to you if you know, if you do this, if, no, liberally, he is liberal in what he does. But notice something. Notice that everything that God will give to us is access through faith. It's free, but it is access through what? Faith. We are saved by grace through faith. So that means whatever also comes with salvation will still be accessed by what? By faith. We are saved by grace through faith. Faith. 
So let's no any man should boast. It's not there's nothing to boast about. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So there are good works. There's what comes as a result of the workmanship. What has been worked in you? There's good works. There are things expected of you to do. Are you seeing that? There is the honor we're talking about. There's the other things you do, but you do them from a place that you have already been in workmanship. You're not now, you're not now walking to any spot with God. You're not walking to deserve a place with God. You're not walking so that God is God, God smiles on you. No. These are things that have already happened in Christ Jesus. So your works are now an expression of that goodness and love that has been shown to you. That kindness that has been shown to you. That acceptance that has been given to you. So I operate from acceptance. That's what happens now. We now operate from acceptance. Are you seeing that? We, we, we're not afraid that God will throw us out. We don't live in that kind of fear. Ah, it would just shut the gate of heaven. One day I would just, try, I would just go and put my hand to pray. and learn. I'm a, There's no response. Server has caught. I'll check everything. Call the hotlines. Nobody's speaking. Then finally, one, one angel will now pick and say, sorry, you disconnected uh, based on so and so and so offense. No. There will not be a time like that. <laughs> there won't be a time like that. Are you seeing that? So our commitment to him is because he's already committed to us. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that there are no rewards. There are such a thing as rewards. Yes, there's rewards. You understand? But that's a different, uh, you know, different discussion entirely. How we get in the door is not our performance. Are you seeing that? It's not our performance. So even your salvation, you cannot, you can't earn it, you can't keep it. You can't earn it, you can't keep it. It is what? The gift of God. The gift of God. And God wants you to know that. So they are not serving him as an orphan, you know, an orphan. One who has no father, or at least, yeah. Do everything as an orphan. Do the right things from the wrong heart. The right things from the wrong motive. That's not what God wants for you. He wants you doing the right thing because you have the right motive. So it's the same thing we honor. The same thing we honor. The same thing we honor. All right, same thing on, and that's why it's so important to work on your perception, how you see the person, understanding the the person's role in your life. Because once you have understanding, some things just flow naturally, just flow freely. They're not things you force. They're not things you force, right? We also said perception determines how much you can draw out of of your pastor. Perception. The way you see the person determines how much you can draw out of the person. And we also explained, we showed you from the scripture, how even in the Old Testament, um, people perceived their pastors, or at least their shepherds, how the Israelites perceived, um, how they perceived David, right? How they perceived David. And it's interesting to also look at how they perceived Moses as well, because... Uh, Moses, at some points, we see that, I mean, you know, they tried to stone Moses before, right? They actually tried to stone Moses. <laughs> they tried to kill him. They they, they complained and murmured against him a lot. They, 
So you, you tend to see how it also worked out for those ones as well. And that's why they all, imagine, their pastor's words had no weight. And that's why they all rotted in the wilderness. They all rotted, yes, it's because it's true. That's why they all rotted in the wilderness. Because nothing Moses said could change their mind. Once they decided that this is what they're going to do, they decided to do it. And all. the Bible says their corpses fell in the wilderness because God could not work with them. God could not work with them. And that's the truth. Because how many believers have been in that same spot whereby... They are hardened to a point that God cannot work with them. They can't. They won't take instructions. They are rebellious. Their minds are made up. <laughs> they will do waiting day their own mind. You see what I say? They do waiting day their mind. I feel like that. There are people that never let the word of God get in the way of what they believe. Because that's what your pastor should bring to the table. Counsel and advice, at least based on the word of God. Your pastor can never coerce. He cannot force. That's the boundary of pastoring. Your pastor cannot coerce. He cannot force. Do you see that? He can't coerce you. He cannot force you. So what we have is the power of appeal. You get what I'm saying? We can instruct based on our officer authority, but we cannot force you. In other words, it takes two to tango. Are you seeing that? It takes what? It takes two to tango. It takes, they play their part, but you play your part as well for things to work out. So, if your pastor's, if your perception of your pastor is off, you will treat him wrongly. The way you relate to your pastor or treat him or her is a demonstration of your perception. So your actions even actually like say a lot. Even if you can be doing the right thing from the wrong motive, but many times your actions actually say a lot. They say a whole lot about who you are. So one of the ways you can actually honor your pastor, or let's say the second way, aside from perception, is to be obedient and submissive to your pastor. To be obedient and submissive to your pastor. Hebrews 13 verse 17 is the go-to text. What does it say? It says, Obey them that have what? The rule over you. Right? And what? Submit to them. So the Bible instructs, right, you to actually obey. What does it mean to obey? I know sometimes we need to take the dictionary for Christians. So we'll do just that. That's why I like teaching with digital things. So you can actually go into the text, the sacred text, and, and make references. So um, obey, right, four-letter words. Obey. What does it mean to obey? It means to submit to the authority of someone or comply with the law. It means to carry out an instruction or command that was given to you. Are you seeing that? So it means to what? To carry out, you do as you are told. To submit to the authority of another. And so the word of God is clearly telling you that you are supposed to what? Submit to the authority of, of your pastor or follow the instructions of your pastor. In other words, ministry is carried out by what? Instructions. If you want to get the best out of ministry, it is not suggestion, it's instruction. By following instructions. Coming to church is not a negotiation. It is an instruction. Are you seeing that? Prayer meetings is not an option an instruction evangelism is not something that okay if thou if thou wilt 
thou canst, you know. It's not one of those things. Evangelism is clearly an instruction from the sacred scriptures. Are you seeing that? It's clearly an instruction. It's clearly an instruction. You see that? So there is your, your pastor saying something like, um, your, your pastor instructing you, okay, yeah, we're going to go on a fast. It's an instruction. It's something you are supposed to what? To obey. It's something you are supposed to do. It's not something you are supposed to negotiate. something you are supposed to do. Do you see that? Then, just in case somebody is doubting, right? Because, you know, this is 21st century. So, maybe someone says this thing. No, 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 no. The, the meaning has changed. Let me give you the, what we call the, is it? Thesaurus or the synonyms for that same word. To obey. No, it's clearly, it says here, to do what someone says. <laughs> to take orders, to carry out instructions, to heed instructions, to submit to. Are you seeing that? What should I want, Seth? Yes. To do, basically to do what you're told. To act in accordance with what you're told. Are you seeing that? So, uh, obey has not changed. It's still what it means. Do you get that? And the word of God is clear, and it tells you why. Obey them and what submit to them normally it says the word they have the they have rule over you hebrews 13 17. hebrews 13 17. sometimes you know some people say i want to see the greek word so we'll supply with the greek word the word the rule right so the rule is the word hegeomai eh? hegeomai hegeomai what does hegeomai mean it means the one who is the leader, all right? The one who is in charge, the one who is in command, right? The governor, right? The one, so that's how, that's basically what you, what you see. The leader, the one in charge, the one who tells you what to do. Isn't that interesting? Aha. So that's the idea of um, hegeomai, you know what I'm saying? Hege. If you want to pronounce it properly, Heg e Yeah. Hegeomai. Exactly. So I tried. I even gave you the pronunciation. And all that. And it still means the same thing. Right? So, but but why, why are we doing all this? It says those who have control, right? So funny enough, there's Hebrews 13, verse 7. And then there's Hebrews 13, verse 17. So Hebrews 13 verse 7 actually says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. So look at this. They have the rule over you. They have authority over you. They are the ones who have spoken to you. The word of God. That means they teach you the word of God. And they say whose faith follow. Right? Whose faith follow. In other words, their conduct, their persuasion. They are an example to you. Are you seeing that? They are an example to you, considering the end of their behavior. They model Christ to you. That's one. Then if you go down to verse 17, right? Verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you, the same word, hegeomai, and submit yourselves. All right? You want a Greek word for submit? Is the word hupeko. I like this one, hupiko. Uh -huh. Maybe the next worship concert, call it Hupiko. Mm -hmm. So, Hupiko. 
right? It means to yield, in fact, to surrender, to submit yourself. I seen, in other words, to yield is, you know, there's two actions here. You can either be resisting or be what? Yielding. You can either resist, I will not do what you say, I will oppose it, How de or you can allow. Do you get? So submission is like the opposite force of resistance. Resistance is to know. When not they do, you know, we don't agree. We know. It's, but to submit is to, is to relax that, to allow, right, to yield. You see that? To yield. So, yes. For the, now, he tells you why. For they watch for your souls as those who are what? Give account. So, it tells you here that the reason why they're telling you submit is because these people are what? Respond. They watch for your souls. They have a responsibility for you. And you know what's interesting about this whole matter? You see, they won't answer to you. They will answer to God. God is the... They will answer to God. You know, Jesus, Paul says it like this in in um, 2 Corinthians 5. He says, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men that we must appear before the judgment of Christ to give account what we did in the body, whether it be good or bad. Ah! He said, knowing the terror. The terror of God there is about that deal. <laughs> the the fact that you will face let me say this if you think about that day and it doesn't you don't get scared when i say scared i mean you don't it doesn't make you sober you may be backsliding if you if you think about that day of how you stand before the lord and and he will ask you about what he puts in your hand what he has to do and and it it doesn't sober you you don't start oh more man if it doesn't put you straight, please check yourself. You may be on the road to backsliding. That thought, train yourself to the point that that thought will be enough to checkmate every <laughs> while of the devil, every every demonic kind of up, up, uprising in your mind. That thought alone, that thought alone should put a reset on your life. Say, ah, you will stand before Jesus. Yes, it should be enough to correct you. If you are misbehaving, you've not seen you in self for how long? You've not seen you in Daikonia. Just one call or one text message. Sure, you know you will give account of this your life to God. This life you are living like this, you give account to God. That should enough be enough to get you shaking in your boots. Say, ah, it's true. Ah, I'm so sorry, sir. It's true. It's true now. Ah. Because like it or not, you know, some of you don't know it's my relationship with God. Ah. What did we just read last week? That all authority is from who? From God. Especially the authority in his church. Ooh. You, you don't get to skip. You don't get to jump over. Just uh, no. I, I know he's my pastor, but you know, I have direct access to God. You don't get to do that though. You have direct access to God in the sense of relationship that he's your father. But when it comes to instructions, when it comes to telling you what to do, there's a leading on the spirit, but there's the authority he placed over you. And that authority, as long as they are sticking to what the word of God says, um, you can't jump it. You can't jump it. You can't expect to be serving God. They say, show, show up for meeting, service. You, don't show, you didn't show up. You are making your pastor's work difficult. It's true now. May, may that pastor not cry to God on, on top of that your head. May he not cry. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true. May they not cry to God on top of your head. It's true. You, you can't skip it. You can't say, no, 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 no. I serve God. You know, I serve God on my own. You, you can't do that. Because there is order. Are you seeing that? There's order. So being submissive and obedient to your pastor is one of the ways you honor him. Because he has responsibility of your soul. To watch over your soul is to guard you, to protect you. Right? It means to be to 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 be sleepless, to keep awake in the spirit. That's what they are supposed to do. No, that was yes. That means your pastor cannot just be can't be any yeah, to, to be a pastor. You have seen it here. To watch for your souls. That means they are alert. Oh, they are checking. They are <laughs> they are trying. They will do everything in their power to ensure that as long as you you comply, as long as you give your attention. As long as you submit, you can't go. You can't go astray. That's their work. To be watchful, because it's what a grip knew. To be watchful, to be vigilant. That's sleepless. That is, they are always they are occupied with this task. You see that? It's like how the Bible says it has given his angels charge over you. There is a kind of that they watch. They watch over your soul. Are you seeing that? His responsibility is to guard and protect you in the spirit. And God has given him authority to rule over you in that sense. So allow him to fulfill his shepherding role in your life. And don't question who he is. Many want to call us... <laughs> now look at this. Many want to call us pastors without allowing us to pastor them. Is that not interesting? My pastor. I'm not your pastor. Don't lie to yourself. My pastor. You know, we just say that one. My pastor. How can some be your pastor and you don't follow their instructions? How does that work? It's true now. If, if for example, your pastor cannot get you to come on this call, ha, you are, you are a wolf. You are not a sheep anymore. You are a wolf. A lone ranger. Yes. If if they cannot just send the message and say, oh, maybe they send a message in the morning, don't forget the Akonia. If they can't send a message, let me put that. If they can't send a message in the morning, in fact, by now, there are some of you that should have been mature enough that they don't need to remind you. Once you see Link, you just join. If you don't see Link, you get worried. Those some people, they don't see Link, they say, thank God. Is this not God? <laughs> say this God is too good oh. no you should be concerned if you don't see link you should be messaging your pastor say, Sir, I noticed that there is no link oh, please could, could you message pastor I said maybe something has happened it's true that's what should happen yes, that's a disciple that's what we know that your training is not, not, it's not a waste So, those, uh, yes, if, if, if someone is your pastor, let them pastor you. Let them shepherd you. Don't stop, stop being a rogue. <laughs> stop, stop living based on rebellion. Repent. It's not too late. Right? 
if your pastor is to give an account before God concerning your life, then you must let him to do his job without any interference. Let me even say this. If you're not accountable to your job, to your pastor, then he's not pastoring. That means he's free of giving account over your life. If he has done all he can do and you refuse to submit to what he put in place, ah, he's free, oh, free man. And he will be stretching on the lawn that day when they are scolding you in heaven. Stretching. We're doing like this. We're stretching. You'll be doing, ah. Yes. While you are collecting choco. I wish there's skin that day so we can be hearing the sound. Ah, yeah, we stretching. I used to tell him now, I'm not here. What that boggy come for meeting? We're doing as if it's spaghetti. Don't be stretching. Ah, yes, ah, that one. Oh, this is true now. Yeah, you have stubborn bread. You know, we suffer in the house of stubborn bread. Ah, that one. And you know, they say me, I, I won't mind from Rosito when there's because the, maybe I'll confess and collect my own rebuke, whatever. Areas I did not do it, then I collect my own crown or praise. Then I will now say, Lord, can I can I take that seat? I won't go. We say jump inside, run inside the heaven. I say, please, can I take that seat? There is that seat free. <laughs> I can squat with the angels, <laughs> so I can have a proper view. Maybe all of them are gonna line up behind me. Ah, <laughs> oh God, I guess I only pop God and glasses and watch. <laughs> I was she she have been telling you, tell you, tell you, tell you everything. She have been telling you, she have been telling you. Say, Pastor, I have been telling you, I have been telling you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it goes sweet, that it's true because because it, it, it tells you here, like, let them, your pastors, do so with with joy. That is concerning you. That means you should be a source of joy to your pastor, not a source of grief. <laughs> Oh God, not a headache. <laughs> you know what it means to to look at this. You know what the word grief is in the Greek? Stenazo. <laughs> right? Stenazo. That is, you know, when we talk about it's like this idea of um when someone murmurs in his heart or groans, right? Or just <laughs> you know, it's to, to sigh, like oh. You know, you're just a source of, <laughs> of worry <laughs> or burden to your pastor. There are people like that, though. Ah. <laughs> There's even this word I'm using to give vent to querulous. I've never heard this word before. Querulous. What does that mean? Querulous. Please, I have to look. This one is a dictionary. You know, querulous. No, well, I have to. Okay? Let me look for this one in the dictionary because I don't know what I'm seeing here. Querulous. Okay. Complaining in a rather petulant. What is petulant? Again, I'm not seeing English. I've not seen it before. Petulant or whining manner. Let me see what petulant means. Let's decode this mystery. Okay. Sulky, bad tempered, moody. Okay. Complain in a moody manner. That is, you put your pastor in a in a state of just in a bad state because of you. There are people like this. See, if you see white hair on my head, and I think I have some, don't think that that white hair came naturally. It, it didn't come naturally. That white hair is a product of grief. That 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 white hair was made. It was not. It's not born this way. It was made. I was made. Yes. <laughs> 
you see it everywhere on the beard side, on the hair. White is common. Yes, yeah, true. Pastors age by the grief of their congregation. So when you see all white, you know that pastor has suffered. So, <laughs> I know with grief, right? For it to not be profitable for you. That means it's not good for you at all. Though. You know, sometimes, that, you know, your pastor should at least say, no, we're not giving up on you. Wow, wow. You know, sticking to it. Oh, don't worry. We'll see. Christ will be formed in you and all that stuff. But when the time when the pastors <laughs> say, Lord, this one I give him back to you. <laughs> you give him to me. <laughs> I offer him back to you. <laughs> you do like Pontius Pilate. They say, bring water and you wash your hand. Say, I offer this one back to you as a living sacrifice. Collect. Ah. He says it's not good for you. That's what the Bible says. It will be what? Unprofitable for you. Because obviously, number one, you will not grow. You won't grow. Then number two, you will not be, because you will not grow, you'll be useless to God. And then number three, you will have no rewards and you have to answer to Christ, which to me is even the worst. Aha. So God wants you to profit out of your relationship with your spiritual leader. There's a profiting in that relationship. There's benefits to that relationship. Are you seeing that? So, when your spiritual leader is able to lead you with joy because of your submission and obedience, the profit comes in the form of blessings. Yes. Number one, what are the blessings? Number one, you will grow. It's true now. Where, uh, uh, do you know the joy? See, the biggest joy of a pastor is to see his people grow. The biggest joy of a pastor is to see people grow and take responsibility. That's the biggest joy. See, it, of course, we can talk about honor in the sense of, ah, one day you bring Bugatti, thank God for that. Or bank account in Switzerland, thank God for that. All that stuff. But you see, if that's all you do, and you don't do the main one that we are craving, which is that you grow thereby. Are you seeing that? I grew there by. There's still that level of grief. So I'll just be crying in the Bugatti. I say, oh, this, this boy, this boy. When will he, when will he get serious with God? Uh-huh. I cry inside the Bugatti. When will he I wipe the tears? When will he get serious with God? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, you don't do that part because we talk about honor and people just minds just go to gifts first. No. There are things that must be in place first. To now make that other one sweet. You understand? Or imagine the one that honors you and goes to hellfire. No, no. So, when do you not profit in your relationship with your pastor? Of course, when you are disobedient and rebellious. In other words, if your spiritual leader or pastor is always complaining because of your disobedience and rebellion, you will not profit from your relationship. <laughs> Instead of being a, it being a blessing to you, it will not be a blessing. Let's put it like that. It will be a blessing to you. Yeah. If they have to grieve over you consistently. See, have a campaign. Make your pastor, your pastor be happy with you. Let your pastor be happy with you. Make the job easy. Be the kind of person that ah, you come back and say, I just evangelized my street. And everything here are some of the names. Uh-huh. Better something. 
or I've just been praying for the. We know we we went and evangelized, and so those people have been praying this whole week, uh, sir. I've been sitting on their heads every day. I've been sitting on their heads. I've been praying for them. I I, I know they are going to be stable. They will stay. They will stay because I've been praying for them. Meanwhile, let me even say this: any harvest that is not followed up with prayer is going to waste. Any harvest that is not followed up. See, let me say it like this. There's no shortcuts. You can use gimmicks and tricks, so, but the way we bring souls into the kingdom, we do it with prayer. You use prayer to bring them inside. You use prayer to keep them. So you use prayer to get them saved. You get that. We use prayer to follow them up. It's not just talk. You follow them up with words, with visits, with love, with care. But you also follow them up with prayer. You know why? Because you see, there are spiritual resistances as well. There are resistances before they got born again. There are resistances that want to take them back into the world. So your prayer will be targeted at breaking that resistance. Whatever resistance. In case maybe to translate some of your language, every power. To break it, whatever it is, is true. Whether they want to come through family or distractions, whether it's that old relationship, after you finish laboring over this soul, the guy has finished breaking up and is now wanting to serve, and then that old flame wants to show up again. Ah, so all those things you use in the spirit, though, because they know they hear what for the natural. You have to go into the spirit and break that. You you can see what it is the sheep can. One thing about sheep is that sheep are dumb. So sheep cannot see what you are seeing. There are things that may look like they are normal and natural, but in the spirit they are not. They are orchestrated and they have one goal, to take that person out of their fellowship. So what do you do? Using this, you go and labor. You go and labor in the place of prayer. You labor. And oh, the kind of prayer you pray, is, is that type they call supplication? The type they say entreating. That's the type. You, you labor. You put your mind. Have you chucked somebody's name? <laughs> See, yeah. you need to understand that we function in a sense like, like the Lawo guys. Right? But we're better than them. Yes, we function like the Lawo guys, but we're in a better manner. You need to know how to chuck somebody's name. You take somebody's name and chuck it. <laughs> chuck it between your laps. <laughs> you can't, if, should, oh, you're in trouble. Should your pastor carry your name inside prayer? You're in trouble. You don't know the power that you carry. There's a way you carry someone, in fact, there's a way someone can vex you. You carry that person's name inside prayer. Say this one. In fact, for, for this nonsense you just did, if, if you don't get serious with God, my bend. You, you, uh, yes. Someone will even print your picture. It's true now. You have a disciple that is stubborn. It's not hard. Just go and print that picture. It's not, it's not that expensive. Go to printer. Prints maybe different versions. The front side, the sideways. Print, print so that you can look and have a 3D rendering of them in your head. Print them and paste on your wall. Paste that person. When you wake up in this morning, you get up like this. Ah, shut up! You are literally hit. Yeah. You know, not the one you are just. You are with two palms. Ah, ta! You, you touch, you lean into the wall. Ta, ta! You, in the name of Jesus. You know, we look like we're laughing. Do, do this thing I'm telling you. Print their picture. Put on your wall. Then enter your room as a pastor. Your room should look like a shrine. Because if you see different faces, you just look, you see, ah, 
Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? Yes, all of them staring at you. And you staring at them and all the demons from their villages. So all of them are going to break for this land. This person, you are going to serve God. And you, you start to... It's true now. See, when you are praying... You know, one of the things I, 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 I realized again recently, when you see this thing about killing sleep, you know all those things I put in my videos or sleep? See, if your heart is inside that prayer, you will not sleep. If your heart is in the prayer. What kind of prayer do you think Jesus prayed with, with, with strong crying? What's the, what kind of prayer was that? What kind of prayer do you think Elijah prayed when he, was, he didn't want it to rain? Because some people now, for example, let me even say this. You want to you say, oh, rain must not fall. You, then what can pray? You can pray. That's how that's can pray. I pray. I know you're not serious. God, see, because it's not just enough to see, see the, that they prayed. Is is you must find out how they also prayed. That must be there. How did they pray as well? It's because in prayer, what are you doing? You are taking hold, you know, of God's power to destroy resistance. There's this reluctance or resistance to the will of God, resistance to the plan of God, resistance to the progress of a person. That you are taking a hold of in the spirit via prayer and when you are praying that kind of prayer you that person has to be i would say choked like straight or that thing you're doing has to be firmly in your mind and let me say this break the habit of praying in tongues all through it's very hard to put things in your mind without saying them If you have prayers you are praying, learn to start by talking. What are you praying about? If you are praying about somebody or mention their names, Paul said, making mention of you in my prayers. And then Paul is now speaking the prayer points in English or whatever language. He is making, so that means, let me say this, because many times we feel like, oh, tongues is just this one fix-it-all thing. No. We have to understand there is a place of tongues in personal edification. There is a place of tongues in praying through our spirits and praying the will of God in areas that we do not understand. But there is still the place of praying in your understanding. Praying in English. There is still power. How did the men... The, the men of old who did not have the tongues that they, how did Elijah pray? Did Elijah pray in tongues? Elijah prayed in his own language and there was power made available. Prayer makes the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It didn't say praying in tongues makes power available. It says the prayer of a righteous man. Therefore, if I pray, my prayers, John Knox did not pray in tongues, yet the queen feared his prayers. Men like Father Nash, it's very arguable if they spoke in tongues or not. Francis of, uh, what's that guy's name? Patrick, St. Patrick, right? Did not speak in tongues. Yet, these men had power with God. 
So you have to drop that idea that speaking in English is one very uncool thing or speaking your language is an uncool thing. It is a major part of your prayers. And if you ask me, it's a very crucial part of your prayers because it channels the tongues that you speak. As you, as you pray and you make mention, you talk. Look at the prayers that Paul would pray. For example, if we're going to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. And he says what? Ephesians 1 verse um, 17. Actually, he says, I cease not, 16, I cease not to give thanks for you. Making what? Mention. So he's thanking God for them in the place of prayer. He's making mention. He's calling out their names. But not just saying, oh, James, oh, Sharon, oh, Cynthia. No, he's praying specifically. He's praying, oh, Lord, the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to James the spirit or the wisdom of the spirit and the revelation reveal in, you know, or revelation in the knowledge of him. Lord, that this guy may know you. This guy may know you. This guy may know. Let his eyes of understanding be enlightened. Let his mind be open to these truths. That he may know what is the hope of his calling. Let him know what the hope of his calling is. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and sin. Let him know what he has in you. Let him be able to acknowledge and comprehend with all the saints, the width, the breadth, the depth of your love for him. Let, let him be strengthened with mind, might in his inner man by his spirit. By the spirit. He's, you know, he says he's praying in his understanding. Start your prayers in your understanding. That is how you put your heart in the prayers. Don't just talk in tongues. For example, you are coming in front, you're supposed to lead prayers. And everybody take note. You are coming to lead prayers in front for anything. Whether it's ignite or whatever, and you come. The first thing you have to know is that the, the understanding is important. What are we praying about? You know, sometimes you pray in the spirit and then you get an interpretation, right, of what you're praying about so that you can engage your understanding again and go further and pray in the spirit again. So your understanding, you know, it is possible to actually pray in your understanding for 30 minutes straight. Ah, in those days, there's this, there's this um, prayer that we used to, um, I love by this was her name, is it one divine or whoever? One hour straight of just praying, just praying in your understanding, just praying in your understanding. Powerful prayers where she's just praying in your understanding for one full hour. I'll have to look for it again. One full hour, she's just praying one full hour in your understanding. Because you see, one thing that has happened to us is that when we are praying in tongues. We become very mindless about our prayers. We've seen tongues as this substitute to switch our minds off. Now you can be pressing phone and speaking in tongues. You, you can be watching a movie and just speaking in tongues. You can be doing other things and just speaking in tongues. If tongues has become this thing you just do on, you know, autopilot. My mind is not needed. It is true you can speak in tongues without your mind being involved, but the Bible does not teach that. The Bible shows that the how where power actually comes from is the heart. Is the heart. The heart is the mind. 
the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Fervent, there is prayer prayed from the heart. Heartfelt prayers, and there is no way to pray heartfelt prayers without the mind. When Paul is praying here, he's saying the eyes of your understanding, your mind is what should be enlightened. So what kind of prayer are you praying and then you're not using your mind? Yes. So you don't need the service. You just say, oh, Father, in the name of the Lord. And that's why your prayer is just so weak. Because if you are going to pray properly for people and for yourself and for whatever, your mind has to be inside that prayer. So you have, that's why you must be disciplined. Before you go, you say, you have morning prayers. What are you praying about? What are you working on? Because prayer is like a surgical tool. It's a precision tool. So you cannot be speaking in tongues and everything, but there's, you will never know the power of prayer until you target it like a laser. Because one of the ways you know the power of prayer is by the results you see. So that's why you should be able to target it at something and see the results of what you are praying about. You should have a journal where you write out your, I prayed about this, it happened. I prayed about this, it happened. I prayed about this, it happened. And these are the things I'm still praying about that they will happen. Because there's supplication. There's to lay hold. You take that. That's why I mean it. You take people's picture inside your prayer room. Paste it everywhere. You go inside there and you groan over those people. Pick out. You see someone that doesn't want to change. Go, go and find all the polite prayers. All these ones. Like this one in Ephesians 117. Pray I'm six months on that person's head. Let, let that person not change. Let's know that you are truly the devil in hell. Six months. This prayer. Six months. So there's labor. There's labor. There's labor. There's labor. Hmm. I thank my God. Yes. Just a weak believer falls into every kind of temptation. No. Pray that he is strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. That he is strengthened. He grows. becomes stronger spiritually. Pray them into that thing. Pray them into it. Pray them into it. This should be the last time you pray mindless prayers. And everything. Prayer that nothing. See, if you prayed with your heart, you know, on something, you're praying, 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 your mind is on that thing, you're talking about it. There's a way sometimes you just find yourself saying things that, ah, where did this one come from? You're just talking about, Father, this, oh, this person. Say it as you are saying. Sometimes you pray, 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 the pictures start to come. What you're praying about, information starts to come. You start to know the person you're praying about. You start to know the obstacles that, that you know, of, in the life of the person that you're praying about. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will give you inside. Well, let's deal with this one. Let's deal with that. Deal with that one. You begin to deal with it. You begin to contend. Sometimes you contend with something. Three days you are not done. You will know this is the matter we are still contending with. See, if you understand what I'm saying, you can pray it in hours. Because that eighteen hours, yeah, there's labor. There's what your mind is on. How do you watch over a whole fellowship, for example? 
How do you watch over yourself? You watch over them with prayer now. Are you seeing that? You watch over them with prayer. So there are like 10 people in your cell. Ah. Then you know the ones who are very stubborn. Even the ones who don't appear stubborn. It's by it's in prayer you will know who they are. They really are. You take each, each person. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. If you take 10 people, 20, 20 minutes, <laughs> how long is that prayer? <laughs> 10 people, 20, 20 minutes. That's about like four hours now, is it not? Abby? Three, six, nine. Yeah. Almost four hours. Three hours something. So I can't pray three hours. I can't pray three hours. No, you don't have, you, you have not, <laughs> your mind is empty. That's why you cannot pray three hours. Prayer is labor. It's stay there. Make mention of them. Speak sometimes you are saying the same thing over and over again. This guy has because it's about prayer is the expression of the power that you have with God. Say this boy, Donatus, Donatus. Call his name. <laughs> hey, glory, glory, glory. I don't know if I'm the only one that is in, in, interested in what I'm saying here. Are you seeing that? Philippians 1 verse 3. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. <laughs> Does your pastor say this about you? Every time he remembers you, he says, ah, thank God for that boy. Thank God for that babe. Yeah? Is that what happens? Or he just remembers you and hisses. <laughs> oh, God. How does your pastor feel like when he remembers you? Does he feel encouraged or discouraged? Does your face or mention of your name bring joy to your pastor? Does it bring anger and frustration? If your pastor is not happy with you, then your progress is also affected. Let them do so with joy and not grief, for that will be what's unprofitable for you. Look at 2 Timothy 4 verse 14. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. <laughs> This one is not grace again. This one is, but I will not say God, may God punish. <laughs> say God, no. Repay. So, so you see, Paul has shown us that this is a very valid prayer point that we can pray for you. You see that? Paul has shown us here. You can't, you can't tell me nothing. Paul has clearly shown us here that this is a very valid prayer point that is allowed on your behalf. What's the prayer point? May the Lord repay you according to your works. So should I pray that for everybody here? May the Lord. Should they say love your enemies and pray for them? I love you. May the Lord, may the Lord repay him according to his works. Lefrataba. Repay him. Repay that according to our works. Oh Lord, in your infinite love, according to their work. It's Bible I'm showing you, please. I'm quoting scripture right here. Unless you skip that part the last time you read it. <laughs> so look at this. Be a sheep and allow your pastor to shepherd you. 
be like sheep. Allow your pastor to what? To shepherd you. The Bible uses animals, birds, mammals, reptiles to, to describe the characteristics of certain people. The Bible talks about serpents, wolves, goats, pigs, eagles, lions, sheep, etc. Sheep are mentioned more frequently than any other animal in the Bible, about 750 times. The Bible makes many comparisons between the ways of sheep and a Christian. Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that translation puts it this way, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I will not lack anything. Are you seeing that? Because I'm being shepherded, that's why I will not lack. In other words, if I'm not being shepherded, I will lack. I will lack die. Many people will lack, experience lack in many areas because they don't have the Lord just as their shepherd. How does God shepherd his flock? Right? How does God shepherd his flock? Romans 8.34 He says, first of all, he says, Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Romans 8.34 Who is he that condemns? It is, it is Christ who died, and furthermore is risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? So how does he now shepherd us? Well, he shepherds us through the ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 verse 11. That's how he shepherds us. He himself gave, to be, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So that means the pastor or your pastor is therefore an extension of the shepherding ministry of Jesus. He is the under shepherd, shepherding God's flock under Christ, the chief shepherd. In other words, we are like placeholders. God is shepherding you through us. That's how it works. So, to avoid the shepherd sent to you is to avoid the God that you serve. That's, that's just how it works. That's how it works. First Peter 5 verse 4. And when the chief shepherd Jesus appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So he's the chief shepherd. We're just under shepherds. Right? Pastors are under shepherds. The, Christ is the chief shepherd. Shepherds, he shepherds his flock through his under shepherds, the pastors. If your pastor cannot pastor or shepherd you, then you are not being shepherded or pastored by God. You cannot say the Lord, now look at this, you cannot say the Lord is my shepherd when you are not shepherded by a pastor in local church. The Lord is my shepherd, but you don't have any shepherd. Are you seeing that? You, you can't say that. There must be a shepherd over your life. <laughs> Those who are not submitted to a local church or a pastor in local church cannot claim the promises of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me... All that is based on the shepherding ministry. <laughs> now look at this. How do you know if you are a sheep to your pastor? How does thou know, O man of, man of God, O man of God? How do you know if you are a sheep to your pastor? Well, John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's how you know you are a sheep oh, to your pastor. It says, My sheep, what? Then they hear what? Is that they hear my voice and they follow? Then they hear what sheep they hear what. In fact, I think I like that quote. I want that on a shirt or something. Sheep they hear what. <laughs> sheep they hear what. Are you stubborn, brethren? Are you rebellious, brethren? Are you repulsive, 
Or is there a repulsion in your soul for authority and instructions? Do you find yourself breaking sweats when they want to instruct you? Brethren may be possessed. My sheep hear my voice, right? And what? I know them and they follow me. So how do we know that the Lord knows you? Because what? You hear the voice of your shepherd and you follow. So if you don't follow the voice of your shepherd, you are not known. No. You are not known. You know yourself. Yourself knows you. But the Lord knows you not. Are you seeing that? You see that? Your pastor must be certain of your commitment to him and the local church. You must be single-minded concerning your belongings. So let me say this. There's a certain commitment. You know some people that love, they are like buffet or they are snackers in the body of Christ. They, they are shop, church hunters or church shoppers. They shop everywhere. They come and shop here this Sunday, shop there the next Sunday, shop everywhere. They listen to all the pastors in the body of Christ. They honor all the pastors in the body of Christ. Today is apostle so-and-so. Next one is apostle so-and-so. Next other one is minister so-and-so. Next is bishop so-and-so. Every pastor's birthday you post on yourself, I honor you, sir. I honor you, sir. You know, say, following you all these years has changed my life. You, you are a double-minded, unstable scallywag. You don't have bearing or... or, or <laughs> You must have a certain commitment to a local church. You have to have a particular commitment to a particular pastor in a particular local church. Yes. You can't submit to, you know, you say, ah, who is your father? Ah, my father is, uh, you know, someone who said he was uh, T.D. Jakes. Uh, okay. When you want to marry, go and meet T.D. Jakes now. Have you? Since that's your father. Hey, you want to marry? Go and, go and look for when I can give to the jigs. Let, let, let your head come back. Let, let sense come back. It's true now. Someone can be pastoring you if you don't have access. Don't deceive yourself. Yes. You must have access. They can call you and pull your ear, rebuke you. They should have enough proximity to be able to look and see until the way you are going like this. Yeah? The way you are doing this, this is what you've been. They can tell you your life. This pattern, share that time. This is what you did. That time, this is what you. They can give. They can trace your history. They saw when you came in. They saw where you are. They know where you are going. They that, that is. Some people go and cast pearls to swine. Where you are serving, where you are being fed, where you are, where you are eating, where you are learning, where you are growing, you will not leave all that one. Then when you will now go and put someone else as your on, on your on your DP on your stories, on your social media. You know, I'm trying to be nice. Because what's coming to my mind is beton the fire. But let, let, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be nice. Because it's, it's, it's something else. There has to be a commitment. My sheep, my sheep hear my voice, right? And follow. My sheep hear my voice and follow. That's how it works. There's a shepherd's voice. There's a commitment to a particular local church. There's a commitment to a particular shepherd. You don't just, oh, they are doing this one. Oh, they, they say, oh, there's this program happening. Why don't you volunteers? You can't volunteer. You know, there's this other one uh, happening um, next week and everything. Oh, why well, well, who help us? You just trick your head. You're everywhere. See, let me even say this to you. When it comes, if, if a church, if another church 
And this is to the, again, different churches have the flexibility that God gives them to be able to operate or govern. And I'll tell you, if you see this thing called volunteering, volunteering, you spirit of volunteering. If a church, if you have come, you are committed to a local church or committed to a, yeah, a ministry, and there is some volunteering going on, so maybe they said the experience 2024 is coming. And you they say, Well, if you volunteers, oh, my friend, you don't, you are not, you have to realize you are sheep. You are not, you don't behave anyhow. You have to take, if you want to do that, you have to go and take permission. You go and take permission. In fact, there's this, there's a palatial that I like their model. You you want to, there's one lady now. One palatial, she would have she would have brought me here with us, but her church, her, if you like, whatever they are doing, whatever, even if the church has no program, you have to go and meet their, for example, your departmental head or your cell head or whoever you are, you like over you. And you have to ask them for permission. Can I go? If they say no, it is no. If you like an appeal to the head pastor, he will say, what did your, your cell leader say? He said no. So it is what? No. That's how she behave, proper she behave. Yes. They are volunteering there. They are doing this one there. They are doing that one there. You just carry yourself and rush. No. You go and take it there. You gotta meet your shepherd. Your shepherd will evaluate and say, "You, you just did like waka everything. Waka's wakarin spirit, my friend. Sit down. You are not going anywhere because they have what control. Are you seeing that? It's part of their jurisdiction. They have control. My sheep hear my voice. They have control. They can tell you what to do in that regard to keep you safe, and sometimes to curb your excesses." Your pastor can put you on a spiritual diet. Listen to only this. You know, now memory. They want to keep me from my inheritance in Christ. They want to. They don't. What What do you know? What do you know? Can't you see yourself? No discipline. Everybody's your father in Christ. Just chop, chop everywhere, chop everywhere. Mama put. You mix mama put with sprite. That's what you are doing. That's what you are doing. It's everywhere. The one that goes or the one that doesn't go, you just chew, chew, chew everywhere. That's why you're confused. Your doctrine is nonsense. Because you're eating everywhere. So part of what your pastor will do is they will curate what you will listen to. Yes, now. For example, in this ministry, it's no secret that the, the people that I recommend, these are people, yes, that you listen to. Yeah, the people you listen to. Not that you are limited limited per se but at least as you are growing what are the officially recommended materials of the ministry they are clear number one is my materials you cannot say you are inside here sitting down under a shepherd my sheep hear my voice can't you see it there if that's the case then why is the, why why are you hearing the voice of i'll call it a stranger much more than my own voice if you are supposed to be a sheep in this place my sheep hear my voice. That means the voice you hear every week, the voice you hear every day, every blessed day should be my voice. That's why we record it. Like this one now, we record it. We now edit it nicely for you and upload it. So that you cannot have an excuse and say, eh, the recording is not there. No, it's there. The past one is there. The one before is there. The one of last year is there. Go and listen. Chew it. Eat it. Eh? Take it down with some cold water. 
listen, 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 listen. My sheep hear my voice. That's the Bible, guys. Yes. It's, it's not bad if you sit down and do a marathon. You know, as you see us like this, our pastor's message is, oh God, we've so eaten our pastor's message, eaten to the point. We've eaten, 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 eaten. Till today, when I even stand to on the pulpit, I still stand the way my pastor stands. If you see my pastor, Reverend David, if you see him, when you, you say, ah, okay, I see where he gets that from. I see where he gets that from. Because I'm not a bastard. I'm so-and-so. If you see Pastor Tim, ah, you say, okay, this is where he gets his in. He's, he's in. You can trace me somewhere. He's not, he's not a, no, no, the mysterious man of God. You know, he's just uh, mysterious in his ways. This is wonderful. Oh my goodness. How, how does he say the intricacies, the, the way he teaches, the, the things, the insight. Oh, man of, there's no nothing there. I, I don't have any secrets. My secret is that I follow human beings. That's my secret. I don't have any secret. It's true. I don't have any secret. I follow in one piece. What I'm teaching you now, I've been taught. It's not, it didn't, they, 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 one, one veil did not come down from heaven that was shining. Or a robe, just all the way from the sky. Just, and all these writings were in silver. And they said, read, son of man. And I, and I read, and I, that's not how it happened, though. My pastor taught me, in fact, gave me his notes. So the reason I'm teaching you is even the, <laughs> I'm teaching. He taught us, do you get? And taught us, taught us. Then we've eaten the same one that he preached. We will eat it, 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 eat it like this. Sometimes ten times. See, I'm going around this plane in the car. Yeah, eating, 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 eating. We go back and open Bible, study, study. See, the thing has entered, has become our life. Then we now come. We can carry even the same slide they used, the same matter, and we come and preach. But the difference, the reason why it to come out the way it's I can close my eyes and not look at other things because I've absorbed it. It has become me. So I can close my eyes and teach it. Yes. Nobody's asking you to reinvent the wheel. Pastoring can be as easy as this. It's true. You eat it, eat so that when you go there, you are ministering spirit and life. You're not just going trying to read something off, whatever. Yes, I share my secret. See, discipleship is just is be like exactly. You know, have you seen sheep? That's how it is. That's yes, that's as how it is. You just mirror. Follow. Paul says, "Be imitators, imitate me as I imitate Christ." Discipleship is imitation. discipleship is follow follow there's no uniqueness anywhere there's no special you know special kidney oh no like me now one of the things i think i even overdo it i like to give away trade secrets i say Omo, let's just tell you the truth Ebo. let's i like to break it down i like to break it down to the point that you realize there's nothing to it that is just these small small things that we know that have made us what we are simple as that because once you know that okay if i just do this and this and i keep doing it consistently I can be like the man of God. Once you know that one, okay. You now have realistic goals to set. We don't leave it in outer space for you. It's simple. It's normal. My sheep hear my voice. If I was eating buffet like some people, how will I be able to teach you where I'm teaching? 
eat everywhere and I are confused. You submit everywhere. This Sunday, sir, I don't know, I don't know grace in your life. Let me be under you. Next year on Instagram, sir, I don't know. The, every time I see your small message, I, it just does something to my spirit. I just know God is leading me to submit under you. You want to submit to everybody. If a goat calls himself pastor, you will submit. No, no. You have to be disciplined. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. So there must be a commitment to your local church. You are committed. You must know you belong somewhere. And you must have it settled in your mind. <laughs> How do you know if you are the sheep of your pastor? If your pastor has a platform to speak into your life without fear and intimidation. <laughs> Nowadays, pastors can't even rebuke people publicly for fear of being sued. <laughs> if your pastor is afraid of rebuking you, there's a problem. There are some people that before you rebuke them, you first of all you have to you can't even rebuke them with message. You have to call them. You have to talk with them for 10-15 minutes. You have to get a sense of how they are feeling, whether they are in the mood, you know, did their day go well, did everything. And then the rebuke cannot even come as a rebuke, cannot be sharp. You know, the Bible in some places says rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Can't even be sharp. You look for ways that you will pass it. You just suggest it. You know, maybe you could try this. There's nothing like rebuke. To say that thing you're doing is wrong. Stop it. I says rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. I love that. Ah, have you got that sharp rebuke before? Ooh. Sharp rebuke. If you've got that sharp rebuke, ah, it burns. But sharp, sharp rebuke is not for children. Sharp rebuke is for those who have surrendered. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean, of course, you cannot rebuke nicely, but there's some particular things where the, the, the rebuke has to be sharp. I didn't say embarrassing. There's two different things. Yeah. But it's true now. For example, ah, one time like that, when I was preaching preaching in front of me, I was at the back, I was doing media, and I, what was I ever doing? Yes, I was actually just pressing phone at the back. I was pressing, and the base had noticed me. After I went up preaching, I just heard my name. I was saying, SN, Oju, SN. That's just like, he's preaching something, he just mentions my name, not because he's preaching. Ah. <laughs> like two times. I two times. I knew I'm in trouble after this service. <laughs> yes. She able to rebuke you. Yes, now. Some people they only like rebuke when it is it's on their own terms. I've always said like this. Yes. Well, I think two things can be true. One, the pastor should there are things the pastor should avoid. Do you understand? I think the pastor should avoid. For example, rebuke is constructive. You're not supposed to insult a person because you want to rebuke them. Rebuke and insult are not the same thing. So if you call a person, call a person a bastard in the name of rebuking the person, right? Of course, you know I don't even say that. Of course, if I say it, you know what I mean when I say bastards. <laughs> but the point is that rebuke, as a rebuke can be done in a proper manner, but as insult, rebuke is not insult, and rebuke should not accompany insult. However. 
let's say some in some case scenario that the imperfect emoji right based on maybe the frustration they have with you they have found a way to merge insult and rebuke in the same thing don't now <laughs> you must learn to be mature to to separate it you get what i'm saying separate it collect your rebuke and then maybe later if the, maybe the insult was enough yeah sometimes something that was very very weight can trace your steps back to the person when it's come and say please sir uh, you said this you know you're my pastor eh, please so that this will not stick eh, but, eh, Joe, i didn't i didn't like it please forgive me and everything please eh, let the person say okay and 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 say okay sorry i shouldn't have said that so in other words my point is that your pastor should be free with you free and tell you the truth tell you like that as, as the heart you know what i'm saying let him serve it back to back as the heart is telling you telling you what this thing is there should be that aspect or element first Timothy five twenty says those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest also may fear so there's a context for public rebuke as well especially when that person is a mature believer who should know better and is doing nonsense there's public there's the one where where you can publicly rebuke somebody So let it not be that the pastor is always treading on eggshells with you. They're afraid. Let me not say anything to, to let me not say anything to, to to offend the child of God. I see. So look at this. Notice that the Bible says, "My sheep hear my voice." So the question for this is this. Now the question in that sense is this, right? My sheep would hear my voice. Can your pastor safely say you are his sheep? Is there a safe space to say, ah, that's my sheep? Have you given your pastor a platform to speak into your life, to correct you, to rebuke you? In other words, have you given your pastor permission to be free with you? And that one is by word, so you gotta meet the pastor and say, sir, please, come on. <laughs> Does he have to be cautious when he approaches you? Does he or she have to count his words lest you <laughs> lest you embarrass him when he corrects you? And your pastor really say that you you are you belong to what is happening, that you belong in what is going on. Are you committed or is your commitment divided? Because your pastor knows you are committed to following, you know, following him or her for the purpose of growth. Because your answers, your honest answers to these questions will determine whether you are a sheep that is willing to be shepherded or to your pastor or not. So the point is because they have seen sheep, sheep follow. That's the point. They follow, follow. Can you follow? Are you committed? My sheep hear my voice. Because there are many voices speaking in your life. If you are a sheep to your pastor, you will hear your pastor's voice. 
Your pastor is not your shepherd until you hear his voice. Whose voice are you hearing and obeying in the church? Is it your pastors or your friends? Verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You see that? They do not what? Know the voice of strangers. Yet, many believers are easily taken by, up by the voice of strangers. You hear a person teach and preach, and you are taken up. You leave your pastor and you follow strangers. <laughs> strangers are those or people who you don't know yet, after pre after hearing them preach, you ask them to be your pastor. You see, this is one of the things that we, that anyway, mature believers learn. For example, when you have, when we have meetings, for example, and I invite the pastor or I invite any of these guys, ministers, you know, one of the poorest habits, you know children by this behavior. You, a guest minister is invited. You see them. One service is over, all of them line up. Sometimes they carry it in their hand and begin go. <laughs> they line up to come and talk to the man of God. Start, uh, ah, sir, um, I have this issue. So I have, you begin to pour out. Things say that you know even that your pastor does not even know you know that you line up and begin to tell guest minister. That's just a big sign of immaturity. You're a baby. You're a baby because that's a guest. Do you know what I'm saying? My sheep hear my voice. That's a guest. If a guest has been brought to bless you, you leave it there. They bless you, they go. Some, some people will want to say, that, sir, can I have your number? And you know a good guest, when a good, a good guest knows protocol, for example, they don't give out their number unless by your parents. And even by that, the question is for what? What, what are you collecting number for? Yes, no. What are you collecting number for? You some people, the way they honor guests, eh, their pastor is shocked because the pastor has never seen that kind of honor before. Oh, it's bad behavior. You don't do that. All the guest comes, oh, if highest, highest. Thank you so much, sir. I was so blessed. Thank you. That's the highest. Thank you. We honor you, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate them. And go. Learn it. Learn it. Some people will be like, sir, hey, sir, please, which church do you come from? Where is the church? Hey, you meet. So I like, okay, what's the number? Hey, sir, do you people take offering in cash, naira or dollars? Yeah, already. <laughs> Don't do that. Mm -hmm. In those days, right, you see the shepherd will walk in front and the sheep will follow. A true sheep follows the shepherds. And that text says, and I know them and they follow me. So who are you following? A true sheep follows the shepherd as he follows Christ. <laughs> Does your pastor know you? <laughs> are you really an honest thing? Some people, they, they are very two-faced. They don't, they hide a lot from their pastor. You have to use word of knowledge to pry it out of them. Don't be like that. Right, John 10, 3 to 5, 10 to 11, 14 to 15, and 28 says, To him 
you, you can says to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out did you see he calls his own sheep by name there's a personal relationship are you seeing that there's a personal relationship with your pastor it's personal you can't call someone your pastor that you don't have a personal relationship with are you seeing that glory to jesus These are ways of honoring your pastor, by the way. Are you seeing we're not talking about any... We didn't talk about Bugatti yet. These are other things that must be in place first. <laughs> you must believe in your pastor. Are you seeing that? John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Are you seeing that? So... Believe in God, but you have to believe in the person that God sent to you. See that? Funny enough, this is even one of the ways that you prosper. Uh, I want to say prosper. I'm not just talking about money. That's you do well and everything. Um, Second Chronicles 2020. Hear, oh, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall what? Prosper. You will do well. Are you seeing that? Believing in God establishes you and believing in his servant, right? Prospers you again. Prosperity, there is not just our money. You understand? There are many applications to your life. Okay? Many don't believe in their pastors. Examples. How many of your pastors' tapes do you have? What messages do you have? How much of them do you, how many of them do you listen to? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> how many of them do you listen to? Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody, you know, took any, has taken something away. I think I want to stop here. There's still a lot for us to go on, but how many of you are finding value in this series and, you know, finding value and, and I'm sure that there are corrections that are coming by the Holy Ghost and different things. So I, <laughs> I, I know our customers, I'd like to get your feedback. We have like 10 minutes. Roughly 10 minutes, 9.50, so I want us to close by 10. So we have like 10 minutes. So I'd like to hear your feedback, all right? Remember, honor is seen in obedience as well. So I'd like to hear your feedback. Remember, those of you that cannot, if you cannot, uh, okay, someone said, I didn't even see where, someone sent this message, I didn't even see it. He said, uh, okay, interesting. Okay, people were even helping me, and I didn't see the comment section very well. But what if the person you are imitating is starts to flop? That's why it says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's the Christ in the person you imitate, I beg. Not the flopping, flopping side of the person. Because people are, pastors are humans. In fact, I think I put out a message teaching on that, was it today or something. Pastors are humans, so they'll make mistakes. So your own is to imitate Christ in them. Imitate the word. Are you seeing that? Not imitate them, for example. If you see them start to chase women, will you follow? No. Uh -huh. Same thing with the child. If you see your parents are putting their hands on fire, will you also put your hands on fire? No, no. If you have sense, I'll follow. <laughs> okay. So, I want to get feedback. What, what are the benefits of this to you? How are you? Because I also like, I like personal application. What is the application to you, to your own life? Like, as I see that, what are the corrections, the applications? What's the value you are taking away from this? Remember, obedience. I want everybody. So, 
either you are typing or you are talking. But I want everybody. This is we have ten minutes, so you are ready. Indicate and speak. What's the value you are taking from this meeting? Okay, go ahead. Okay, good evening. Thank you for the message. I think what I'm taking first of all is that we should never forget that in as much as we're serving our sons. So the reason why we serve is we serve from acceptance and from the security that God has done everything already and already created. So we're not doing things to get his acceptance already accepted. So serving from that place is a lot easier because you don't, you're not serving to, to be validated. You're serving to save. Um, I think that's the first thing I'll apply to consistently remind myself of my identity and who I am in Christ so that I don't forget and get caught up along the way with the things and not the heart of it. Um, second of all, I think that um, you you reminded us that perception is very important. So I need to understand the roles of the people in my life and how to um, accord like what is this so i shouldn't be treating somebody that is meant to be a friend as somebody that's meant to be um an authority over me so i need to understand people's roles and how to apply um what is this to them yeah thank you mm, you're welcome don't treat your friend your pastor as your friend though if your pastor is friendly to you thank god for that your pastor is not your body for example, you may have people who are like um, contemporaries, right? And then one of them becomes a pastor. And then you just see that they are not able to... The person gives an instruction, they just laugh. They cannot take that person's word seriously. Okay, Favor, go ahead. All right, so um, my take-home is that, okay, we do things from a place of approval and not so that God can approve of of course, and that discipleship is imitation. Also, follow follow like do what the person living is done. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay, Chuka, go ahead. Um, thank you for the uh, message today. Uh, thank. Uh, um. Learn that. Um. We serve God from a place of security, um, from a place of approval. Doing it from a place of approval and doing it for approval are two different things. Um, second thing was um, the thing about prayer. Um, I think we don't hear a lot about um, the importance of praying with your understanding. We don't hear that a lot. And I think for me personally, that that's very helpful because uh, kind of run into a block. <laughs> so, and, but hearing that, that really answered a lot of questions that I had coming into this. And uh, also, one of the things that you said that one of the signs of sheep is that sheep hear word. So I think um, uh, learning, about, <laughs> learn, learn about um, how the how someone is a sheep and also how you relate to your pastor. Um, honor is not just in the material things, but also in perception and obedience and also in the way you relate to your pastor. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, thank you. Elvis, go ahead. Good evening, sir. Thank you very much for the message. Um, I learned that, as Chuka said, the praying and understanding 
which helps you. I'm praying in English. Like before you start praying, so I'm gonna just go straight. I have some platform for your prayer. I mean, pray with your understanding so that your mind can be attached to prayer. And um, also, I have a question. Mm-hmm. The question is about the you spoke about the. Um, I mean, if you are serving in a, um, let's say, ministry, you should not just go around volunteering. Yeah. But the question is about like, can you go for you know some other programs to set by other ministries? Um, okay, so again, I there's no problem with that, but again, I think it's, it feels for falls under the category of permission, which is okay. This is what I want to do. If what you want to do is so noble and there's no issue, right? There's no issue now, and then you should be able to submit that to your pastor and say, This is what I want to do. Do you get and leave that at your pastor's discretion? Okay, this is what I want to do. And then a pastor looks at it and says, Okay, I think this is okay, this is fine, or um, no. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, submit to the results. So, yes, because again, it's the body of Christ. So I believe that people can be blessed by other, you know, avenues and everything. Do you get what I'm saying? But then you must not be unhinged where you just do what you feel like doing. Because you are committed to a particular body, and that body is responsible for curating your spiritual experience. Therefore, that body knows what can fit into what they're trying to build and what will not fit in. You understand? So, yes, you can it's within your pastor's jurisdiction to say no, you know, you shouldn't go for that. You should go for that. Okay, so thank you. Uh-huh. And other things, there's churches you can attend that where the pastor is far more liberal or doesn't have this kind of strict, you know, that you get what I'm saying. But for me personally, and so I, I think that it's just common sense, it's wisdom to be to curate it. You don't just do anything. Not just, not just anything. You get. So that's it. And your last says, Good evening, sir. I learned that we meant to pray heartfelt prayers with our minds involved. We must not pray mindless prayers. Beautiful. Do not pray mindless prayers. Let your mind be involved in the prayer you are praying. All right. Faith says three things I'm taking away. Number one, I'm already approved, and service should be done from a place of approval. Two, commitment to my pastor and his teachings is proof of he is my shepherd. Number three, my mind should be involved in prayer, and this comes when I speak in my understanding as well. Exactly. My mind should be involved in prayer. And that says, what I'm taking from today's teaching is in the place of correction and confirmation of my questions when it comes to praying in tongues, right? I have a better clarity about praying in tongues and praying in my understanding. Okay, looks like that was a big issue for many people, right? <laughs> okay, so um, someone else says, so thank you for today. I learned that we are holy brothers and there's a place of understanding that you, that you love God because he loves you first and that you are a son, I'm a son being... And being a son is why I have responsibilities. Also, we should pray with our understanding as much as we pray in tongues. I want to talk about doing these things like your pastor. I felt that it's because I started doing some things like my pastor. <laughs> and I thought it was weird. Now, obviously, it's called influence. It's influence. Yes, it's influence. There's some things that just become <laughs> just become natural. You get what I'm saying? And the other is, there is, would I say, the main under shepherd, which is the main set pastor. And then there are the other pastors who are let me use the word partnering with that pastor. You get what I'm saying? So there's that particular order, you know, let's say. Um, Lawal says, thank you for tonight's session. So you preach, so you preach good. <laughs> okay, thank you. A take it from tonight's session was the importance of praying for people God has put in your care. You sustain the harvest by prayer. We have a responsibility to pray the sheep into stability in Christ. And it's not just praying in tongues, but praying specific prayers for them. I was reminded of the importance of sticking to your pastor's messages. Sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They don't run after the stranger's voice. Of course, awesome. Abiola says, what I'm taking away is that pastor's work is not so easy. 
not only would they be accountable for their own spiritual life, but also their flock's spiritual life. So we as a disciples should make their work easier, honor them and honor their instructions. Also, thank you, sir, for enlightening us that it's okay to pray in our understanding along with praying in the language of the Spirit. Pray in your understanding, you know. Okay. So my question is, what if the person you're imitating like a sheep starts to flop? Okay. Now, it depends on what the person, the level of flopping, all right? What, what is the level of flopping? So, for example, there is outright heresy where this person says, Jesus is not God anymore. Um, he didn't come in the flesh and all that. There's stuff like that that is like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like, my God, you know what I'm saying? And that kind of thing, you can try and reason with the person, try, but the person is set on their ways. Oh, that's, leave that church. Leave the place. Yeah. That person's commitment to Jesus Christ has ended. So you cannot be committed to someone who's not committed to Christ. Do you understand? That's different from when a person is making mistakes. For example, making, maybe committing sin or be, has done it some immoral things and everything. Because then again, the point is, your commitment was to the word of God first. And it's only in the Bible says if anyone is overtaken with a fault, spiritual man should was restored with meekness. So if that pastor that you are serving under is willing to take rebuke, right? For example, there should there should be established channels. I've said this before. That like now, if for example, if I start to mess up big time, there's who you can talk to. There's my pastors, there's Pastor Itoru, there's Pastor Tim. Now, the point is that if you stay in that kind of thing you stay in that kind of relationship you know with the church to the degree that they are committed to you know the word of god committed to correction committed to you know all those things they've listened to authority they say okay this is the correction that must happen and the pastor follows the procedure in that kind of case you are not supposed to go anywhere because the pastor is still committed to jesus christ and committed to the word is a case whereby the pastor now becomes rebellious doesn't want to listen to spiritual authority blocks everyone else out there is not following the word and that's where you pack your bag and go but as long as that pastor is committed to christ jesus you do not you cannot say you just get up and walk away you understand what i'm saying because that's that's how it operates okay stephanie go ahead good evening pops good evening everyone um one of the things i really took away from today's session is what you talked about praying on somebody's head i can totally relate to that how you can put down pictures, how you can go the extra mile to make sure that somebody, somebody, um, whatever you want to make sure, somebody loves you, somebody gets to know about Jesus and all of that. And it's a really big thing for me because here, evangelism is, is hard. Or you're just, you're not, just, you're not even preaching. You're just saying come to church. And they're like, no, I don't, I don't serve white Jesus. I serve black Jesus. You just know that there are so many forces and so many things that you need to pray about. How you, how you can just put somebody's name down and then cast things on your head. That really stood out for me. Yeah, and praying our understanding and not just tongues. Then what you spoke about, how honor is to obey, how we are sheep and how sheep, my sheep hear my voice, that verse you spoke about too. Yes. Those are things I took away from today's session. Thank you so much, Pops. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so the force is in that place there. Eh? In my own opinion, they're even worse than Africa. <laughs> they're worse. So you cannot, you can't take prayer, must precede prayer. A lot of prayer must precede that thing if you will succeed. Anyway, if you succeed anywhere, but there are places like Africa, there are areas where they don't break the whole place with prayer already. So it's not as bad as places whereby that if you tell them tongues and they're still arguing with you. Even the prayer, they will say, I pray five minutes a day. They are still arguing with you. So obviously, <laughs> you need to scatter the place well. <laughs> 
Thank you, dear. Sidok Peolua says, good, good evening, sir. I also learned that, I learned that praying scriptures over a person can change so much. And speaking words as you are praying in tongues as well keeps your focus right. I also understand also better the importance of praying at great attention to the teachings of your pastor beyond listening to it for the, for the first time. It's not about eating from everywhere. God will always put what I need with the pastor he has placed over me. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I need a new teaching of prayer. I know. I know, right? Just wetting the appetite. <laughs> yes, we need a new teacher. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You will have one very soon. You have one very soon, right? You have one very soon. Uh, when we just finish our series on this one. Thank you for tonight's teaching. It was a wake-up call to sit up and be more committed to be being sheep and following my shepherd. Okay, awesome. So basically, be sheep. <laughs> Shalom says, good evening, sir. These tables are shaking. Thank you, sir. Okay. You're welcome. So that's it. I think that's it for tonight, guys. Uh, don't forget that uh, Friday we have travel prayers and yeah, very, very compulsory for everybody. That's how you start expressing your honor. Come for prayers. Come and pray from 9 to 12. And uh, not just that, there are other prayers that should have been going on this entire week for Ignite. So I believe you should have been part of those prayers. If you're not, you're wrong. Um, then, of course, Ignite is going to be happening on Saturday. Well, don't come empty-handed. Come with someone, all right? Don't come alone. Come with someone. Bring a friend. Invite somebody. Are you seeing that? Come and let's experience God together. Um, and I think I think that's basically it for announcements. Any other announcements that need to happen, we pass across through the proper channels. All right, people of God, have a wonderful night. God bless you. And um, bye-bye.